Welcome to episode 3 of Radio in Colour. My name is Demarque Williams and throughout the first series I'll be sharing the stories of incredible people who work in radio. On today's episode I'm joined by Kaylee Golding, an award winning presenter, DJ and radio producer who currently presents on Represent Radio and is the host of the Radio Silence podcast. I'm also joined by Swazi McCallie, a TV and radio presenter and voiceover artist who presents Kiss Breakfast on the weekends and is also the voice of BBC Sounds. I'll be speaking to them about their experiences within radio, their inspirations and advice for young people who find it difficult to break in. First up, I spoke to Kaylee Golding about her inspirations, what it was like to present on Radio 1 and the changes she'd like to see in radio. I was inspired by the absolute king that is Trevor Nelson to get into radio. Um, I Do you know what? It's mad though, because I grew up kind of listening to like Capital and Capital Birmingham. And then on on certain days, like my mum would put on Trevor Nelson, because obviously he weren't your typical like breakfast or drive time host. So when going to school and that, it would be Capital, previously known as Galaxy. But I would always just really look forward to my mum putting Trevor Nelson on and she was absolutely obsessed. Like, she'd go see him because he'd come to Birmingham on Boxing Day. She had all of his, like, R&B CDs. And I was just like, oh, my God, he's so incredible. And he taught me about so many artists, so like Tupac, Biggie Smalls. And these are artists that are before my time. Like, Biggie died the year I was born. I didn't know who he was if it wasn't for Trevor Nelson. And the way that he just connected to my mum and then connected to me and educated me was just so, so incredible. So since then, I've just been absolutely obsessed. I think he's an absolute brilliant broadcaster. And he's the one that really made me love radio. How did you first start out? Was it a university? Were you volunteering at Community Hospital Radio? Or was it an untraditional path in? So I started um, educating. (laughs) I started by volunteering at what was a community station. Now, um, Punch Records in Birmingham, they used to run this event called um, Base base festival and it was like a yearly festival so alongside that they done a 30 day like special community station um and it was actually ray paul that that set it up and he taught me so much and with that we learned to present a show and to produce a show so i'd done both um which was really really cool because it kind of let me learn what one i enjoy and what one what the challenges are and the benefits are with each role and from then i just never looked back like from then it was like doing uh, music potential with capital extra then it was like going to college and it was going to university so it's very fastly from when i first done that when i was 14 my whole world evolved around radio like my hobbies were radio i was educated in radio my friends were all people in radio but i wouldn't change it any other way i'm I love it. I'm an absolute radio geek and I love to say it because I just am. I think it's a brilliant industry. What was it like to win four times at the Student Radio Awards? Oh, wow. It was absolutely incredible. Like, the first year, I completely, I didn't expect it whatsoever. Like, because I got Best Specialist and... I remember just sitting there and I was crying (laughs) because I just thought, wow, like this, this is absolutely amazing. And at that point, I didn't see myself as a presenter. I was just doing it just to do it. And 
to win best specialist was just like wow this is absolutely incredible and then the year later when i won best specialist and then best interview gold and silver that that was mad because i remember my girlfriend was there and i come up as silver and i was just like okay this is sick like best interview usually people that win best interviews very like maybe like factual interviews and stuff so i thought oh my god that's wicked and then gold in the same category and i was just like oh my god this is mental <laughs> i sat there and i said to my girlfriend there's no way they're gonna give me best specialist as well like there's no way like i feel like that's not even fair to do um <laughs> and then i still won it and it was just the most amazing experience ever and to end my university journey like that because it's kind of like yeah it's acknowledgement for the work that you've done but i feel like it's um i don't know the right word but it's like a moment in your career a moment where you can see each thing leading on from one another so yeah it was great man it was so sick Last year, you were chosen to cover Early Breakfast on BBC Radio 1 as part of their Christmas presenter search. What was the process like and how much did you enjoy it? So the process of it was, so the funny thing is I didn't actually even apply for, for daytime. What I applied for was the One Extra Takeover show and I heard nothing back and I thought, oh, that's it. Everyone's got their shows because there was like a deadline date that when you'll hear back. So I thought that's that for me. And then at the Student Radio Awards, then I got told, like, basically backstage that this means that I'm going to do a show on Radio 1. Um, so I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. And the fact that I was doing daytime, so I didn't even consider myself as daytime for Radio 1. And it educated me so much to say, do you know what? No, you can actually do this. Don't put yourself in a box. So from there, um, put down some ideas. What I loved about what they'd done as well is they weren't like, oh, yeah, you have to do it like this we even got to send them like a selection of like 20 songs for them to choose some to put some in so the song so the show sounded like something that i would do don't get me wrong like they weren't all like uk rappers but quite a few of the tracks in there was and then in addition to that even like producing like my girl from university she's an amazing producer she got to co-produce the show alongside um phil who's a producer at radio one and we got to really put all of our all of our ideas in everything that we wanted to do we was allowed to do so it was just so nice because the show was me it's i wasn't forcing myself to be someone different i was able to do a show that i was loved and that i was really proud of what are some of the negative experiences you've had in the industry so far i would say we have a lot of systemic problems within our industry um i think one of my biggest challenges was was facing my own insecurities that was built around what the industry was like so for example like being told things like i need to lose weight to be a presenter <laughs> and it's just like when you get told something like that it can be very it's really upsetting it can be really really upsetting because you think i'm here for my personality not even my voice i'm here for my personality and to let that shine so to be told something like that really really it broke my heart but you keep it moving and then it's facing battles, like, as I said, thinking that I couldn't be a presenter, that I'd have to be a producer, or if I was going to be a presenter, I couldn't do daytime. I'd have to do a specialist show where I maybe talk for, like, 30 seconds about a song and leave it at that. And I've learnt now, no, I can be on a national brand. I can be on a mainstream brand. Like, I absolutely love One Extra. That that station is, it's like family to me. I feel like One Extra is like my auntie. Like, I love One Extra. But then I've also taught myself 
I could do Radio 1, I could do KISS main station, I haven't got enough push myself to specialist stations anymore. So because of the way the industry is at the moment, me and a lot of other black heritage creatives that I've spoken to, it's like we all have this insecurity and, and put all of us into a box. Like It's like we've done it ourselves now as well. And that's that's been the biggest problem, but this year has been so eye-opening. And I've learned that we can do this. Like we can be whoever we want to be. People do want to hear something different. They want to hear different accents. They want to hear a lisp. They want to see someone that looks like them. They don't want to see this perfect presenter with this great voice that that has no personality. They don't want to. They don't want that anymore. They actually want real people with real stories to tell from different backgrounds. How can you actually be creating good audio if everyone's story is the exact same? We need to have more black voices on air. We need to have more mixed race voices on air we need to have more asian voices on air we need to have more lgbtq plus voices on air and it's just something that i really think needs to change and behind the scenes as well i'm not just talking about oh yeah chuck a presenter in and that's fine we need to make sure that you're representing throughout the whole of the industry even down to your reception do you know what I mean? Even your receptionist, your admin, your producers, your programmers, the whole board of the industry needs to be way more representative. What made you become so passionate about diversity and inclusion within radio? Again, this year was just so eye-opening to me. And these have been insecurities that I've been battling myself for so long that this year really opened my eyes. And me and two other girls that I studied with. Well, when um, Blackout Tuesday was happening and a lot of stations were posting black squares, it was just like, well, why are you posting that when you don't actually care? Because if you cared, then your station would be a lot more diverse. So it was, it was all kind of infuriating. And because of, I was kind of battling my own insecurities and dealing with a lot of the things throughout the Black Lives Matter movement, I, I think, for black heritage people, it was a hard time. And my friends, they brought these facts to me and they was just like, look, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this movement. It's called Radio Silence. Like we've listened, we've listened to you. We know how you feel. We're gonna, we're gonna speak out. And I was just so empowered. Like Sarah and Palama, when I say they've empowered me so much and gave me the courage to speak out about things that I've been saying, like, for so long but kind of too scared to say it out loud and I'd only say it to like maybe them or other friends or maybe even like my mom but they gave me so much courage so we created Radio Silence and put out these statistics and there was so much love and support and so many people was reposting it and it's led to so much change that it's just it's just so incredible and I'm so glad I'm so glad that we've done it. Once we put out the statistics like stats work well anyway because of you can't argue with stats but it was also that people's voices really need to be heard so we wanted to have a platform that people can come on and talk about their experiences and say what they want to change what they think needs to change and it was listening to people's journeys like each of our guests come from different 
like backgrounds as in their journey into radio and from that we really broke down like what's it like if you come from a tv background what's it like if you're from a low-income family what's it like if you do want to get into a mainstream um station like capital or radio one what's it like if you come from student radio there are so many different ways and even like local radio um sometimes people forget to even discuss like the local bbc stations so we wanted to hear from a variety of voices and we're going to keep going as well like each each season is going to look at different minorities because as i said things like women in in higher positions that's something that we need to discuss uh, again lgbtq plus voices need to be discussed especially from ethnic minorities because i'm not just saying it's great having pride stations but if it's just completely white music then you're completely putting putting people of colour that are from the community to the side and just saying we don't care about you so there's just so many things that need to be discussed and that's just somewhere that i want it to be a safe place for voices to be heard and we even like had my boss on steve parkinson now he's like the managing director of bauer and we spoke through the journey of when i emailed him with the statistics and the changes that bauer's going to make because it's not only like we want to say oh yeah this is this, this has happened and we're fuming about it we also want to celebrate what changes have been done so we spoke to tyler about the work that he done on kids and being out how it felt to have his dad come in and talk about their experience the black experience we spoke again with steve parkinson talking about the changing that's happening at bowers we spoke to ramel london about how it felt to be able to actually go on air on capital extra and say look this has happened with george floyd we need change to do that on a commercial station is so scary so we spoke about that that experience and it was just so great to hear people's stories and hear how they feel and hear what they want changed. I didn't want it to just be me throwing out statistics saying how I feel. Everyone needs their voice heard too. What would be your advice for a young person who wants to break into the industry but finds it difficult? Do you know what? It is a very difficult industry and the thing that will keep you going is the love and the passion for it. Um, so my advice would be to just network speak to people try out different things i'm a strong believer in like the breath the best producers know how a presenter works the best producers know how music programming works the best um presenters know how a producer works it's all it's all linked together so learn as many different aspects of radio as you possibly can because you really just want to be self-efficient and because it's so competitive, you want to be the absolute best. And the only way to do that is to just learn every single aspect of radio. Just take in as much as you possibly can. What are some of the changes you would like to see being made within radio? There's a whole list. Um, right, so I want to see... Um, I want us to completely kill off the culture of working for free in radio. It limits the amount of people that can apply for opportunities and experiences depending on your family's income. Um, obviously, it's, it is stats, it's facts now that if you're from a low-income background, you are more likely to be an ethnic minority. And that, that's just facts. So it really shows where, where we have an issue. Um, and it's not that's not even just for ethnic minorities as well that's also if you if you're white and you're from a low income as well it's just not fair it's not fair that that if you're rich you're able to volunteer five days a week and that puts you ahead for a job in radio it's just not fair um so that just needs to change um internships should be paid for at least travel and food at the very least like how are you expecting people to be able to feed themselves and travel if if they haven't got money like it's just not possible um so I think that's a big, big point. 
that I need that needs to change completely. Um, I think also ways that people are sourcing um, new staff. So friend referrals just aren't enough. I think if you've got a friend that you know knows people that can work in the industry, then tell them to put it on their Twitter, tweet it. Do you know what I mean? The job should go out and it should go out to a variety of different sources um, to try bring in more creatives from different backgrounds. So that's why now, like, if I see a job, I'll definitely retweet it because I know how many black creatives and Asian creatives and other minority creatives I have on my social media. So I'll, I'll repost it. Um, so I think that's a massive thing. And going to places like Creative Access as well, because they specialise in that area. So stations really need to reach out further and wider. And also, as well, their criteria for job starting as well, because it can be very, very scary. You could be an amazing producer and done some work, like maybe in college or maybe in community stations. And it kind of be overlooked because you haven't gone you haven't started volunteering at like a national brand yet i think they need to take that more into consideration you could be a great videographer but you've only shot things with your friends or you've only like you're basically a, a bedroom filmer or you're a great presenter but you've only done like your own podcast from your own bedroom they need to take this into consideration so the criteria needs to change not everyone has been lucky enough to freelance at a national brand yet i wouldn't have been able to unless like um, Charlie from KISS went to my university and that was a great way that I was able to connect um, and to be fair like I did do the street team and stuff but it was kind of that was a great way to network and be like oh you already you know me we went to the same university and, and helped me network while I was in there so it's kind of like this all that that whole culture just needs to change the way they bring people in just needs to change but it's also like what are people doing to protect their ethnic minorities once they're in the building and when i say protect people should be able to walk into a building and see people that look like them and also be able to act like completely completely themselves they shouldn't have to act like a different person because they're worried to make other people feel uncomfortable um so I think that's a massive, a massive thing. Also having more, more ways that people can speak out if they feel uncomfortable, if someone's doing a microaggression towards them, just a way that they're able to actually speak out and say what they need to say. Um, so like I know that Bowers putting together like a way that people can speak out and the processes of it. Because it can be very scary if someone, if someone acts racist towards you. And you think, oh my God, this industry is so competitive. I'm too scared to even speak out because I don't want to be. Look, I don't want to look troublesome. When you have an industry that's that competitive, you you generally overthink everything because you're that scared of losing your job because you know a hundred other people can replace you. And when it comes to things like racism, that shouldn't be allowed to even go through our head. We shouldn't feel like we might lose our job by speaking out. Um, so that needs to change as well. I could go on forever and a day there's so much work that needs to be done but the exciting thing is is that it's actually it's being done like as we speak people are putting things in place to make things a lot safer and better and more diverse so it's so exciting if you could create a radio station what would you call it and what kind of station would it be i haven't thought of a name but i would definitely like for a station to be in birmingham um i think yeah, we have community stations there, but it's kind of like, 
I feel like there's a lack of training in Birmingham for people that want to get into radio. There's not really a direction. Whereas I come, I come to London, and there's so many different trainee schemes. There's so many different community stations. So if you if you live in one area of London, there's definitely a community station that's not far. Do you know what I mean? Like there's West Side, there's the Beat London, there's Represent, there's Rinse FM, there's um. Sweet, is it no? There's one in Watford. There's just so many around Soho Radio, Croydon, Croydon FM. Like there's so many stations, Pulse. Whereas Birmingham, I feel like we haven't got the facilities for that, and people don't really know about radio as much because there's nowhere to train. Like if you're if you're in Birmingham and you're doing radio, it's like you have to do it for free because there's no funding. There's no funding there for it. The only really station that's there is free radio. Um. So unless you're into the mainstream sound, because that, that's literally an adult contemporary station. It's for older audiences. It's not, it's, not in, it's not black music and it's not for the youth. Do you know what I mean? So I think that there really needs to be a station there which is priority and has the funding to train people in radio and actually pay for them to come to the station and do it as well, to pay their expenses. Because base FM... It was only 30 days and that was so influential for me and really started my career. Music Potential then done the same. That don't exist anymore. So what is that? Like what actually is there for young people that want to get into radio but don't know how to? We can't all just travel to London. What has been the highlight of your career so far? Do you know what? I've got two. <laughs> I'm going to be cheeky. Um, I think the first one was the Radio 1 show. I think for me, it really opened up my eyes and said, no, Kaylee, you can do daytime. You're not you're not actually specialist. Um, and it even made me think as well, because even like with one extra, I still put myself into a specialist box. Even I was like, oh, no, I'd have to do a nighttime show. But it even showed me I could do a daytime show on one extra. I could do a daytime show on Radio 1. I could do a daytime show on Capital Extra or even Capital or Kiss. Um, it really showed me that I can do, I can reach further than than a specialist slot and there's nothing wrong with that but I knew in my heart the whole time that I wanted to do daytime I just didn't have the confidence um even though I can talk a lot and I've got a lot of personality but I still didn't have the confidence for it and my second one would be this whole radio silence movement it's just been so 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 inspiring and so brilliant to talk to different people and see the progression that's happening and to inspire people as well it's it's been absolutely crazy. It's been amazing. Huge thanks to Kaylee for joining me on the podcast. Her passion for radio and diversity really shines through. You can catch Kaylee every Monday afternoon from 1 on Represent Radio. And if you haven't already, check out the Radio Silence podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other platforms. Up next, I speak to Kiss FM's chosen one, Swazi McCalley. We speak about her journey into radio, why this year was so important to her, and the highlights of her career so far. I've lots of inspirations, but it's really fun to think about who is still inspiring me to be in radio, to stay in radio. Um, my journey's a little bit all over the place, if I'm honest. So I was a basketball commentator <laughs> before getting into radio. 
Um, and yeah, I used to interview the tallest players um, right after their games at half time. I used to travel. So the group was called Midnight Madness. Um, and I won a competition similar to how I won a competition to get into radio. And I won a competition to be their next presenter. So I had lots of training, lots of skills. What do you do in an interview when, you know, your question could be a lot better, you could refine it. Um, and then in the middle of getting that job, I saw the advert for Kiss, the Kiss Chosen one. Um, I never thought about radio, to be honest with you. Never, you know, never did radio GCSE, didn't do radio at university. I had no background in radio whatsoever. Um, but my boyfriend said, why don't you go down and pretend to be a Kiss presenter? Why don't you go down and interview all the other candidates as though you've got the job already and then make the Top 20 Academy and get through? I said, you know what? That's savage, but I'm not even going to complain. Let me, let me try to rock up. So I rocked up to the interview. Um, and at the time, it was in Westfield, in Stratford, Westfield. Um, and there was a massive glass box. If there was ever going to be an intimidating box, this was going to be it. Inside, you could see um, the then head of KISS and all of the team, all of the crew. Um, and at the time, it was AJ, you know. AJ was inside the box. And I just remember him coming out, looking for the next person to come in. And I just dabbed. <laughs> I just dabbed. And he was like, are you ready? I was like, yeah, man, born to be ready, let's go. Um, and at the time, they give you a little plaque um, to, to remember a bit of a script and, you know, just vibes of it, just ad-lib, just, just bring your source. Um, and I had such good fun in this glass box. What felt really intimidating just became a lot of fun. And yeah, just gave it my all, did a, did a good interview. Next day, ring, ring. Oh, Swaz, you've made it to the top 20 academy. I said, what? You got the wrong girl, you know. I've been winging it from the jump. They said, no, 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 come through to the top 20 academy. Um, went through, learned, and for the first time, saw inside a radio studio. And I think it was at that moment that I said to myself, you know what, Swaz, you could do this job. Um, you've got no background in radio. You've ne I never saw, you know, a room full of buttons and speakers and faders and mics. And as soon as I could see myself in that room, I said, it's over. It's done. I'm, I'm ready to be a radio presenter. Let's go. Um, and so from then, yeah, won the Kiss Chosen One in 20, 2016, started off in Kiss Fresh. And then as of this year, got a brand new show doing out Kiss Breakfast on Sunday mornings, as well as Saturdays from 8 to 11 a.m. And so, yeah, winding it all the way back, sorry, to your question of who inspired you to get into radio you know when you're in the radio studio you think back to all the radio shows you've listened to whether that's you know I grew up on Choice FM I grew up listening to Choice as a very young girl and also listening to Kistry listening to Kiss listening to Melvin and Charlie and Ricky you know and and really seeing the power of what happens when you play good music but you have good uh, good conversations at the same time and the blend of those two things I thought yeah yeah I can do this let me jump into radio Tell us about what it's like to present Kiss Breakfast on the weekends and how much prep goes into the show beforehand. Presenting Kiss Breakfast is a dream. This is me, a young girl from nowhere, now doing up Kiss Breakfast vibes on a weekend and to get the breakfast show this year on Sundays as well, given how hard and heavy 2020 has been. Um, yeah, there's a lot of prep, absolutely a lot of prep that goes into a breakfast show. And, and one, I think, I think learning radio and learning it from from scratch you know anything that I've learned anything that I've picked up has usually been in the deep end on the fly just ready to go into it um, but really listening and, and thinking who is going to be up between the hours of 8 and 11 a.m what are people going to be doing what am I doing up at 8 11 8 to 11 a.m um, and once you kind of 
switch into that gear, it's really easy to talk to people and to have conversations and banter and, you know, talk about good music that you're playing. Um, and so there's a lot of prep. And, and I think when you are doing radio against the backdrop of Black Lives Matter or against the backdrop of a pandemic and lockdown, you know, you have to be so sensitive to what people are going through because you yourself are going through the same thing, right? So you don't want to come across as though you're living in happy land, but also you don't want to come across as though everything is tough, which it is tough, but how can you bring the shine and the sparkle on a Saturday and Sunday morning? Um, and so, yeah, what it looks like is keeping your eyes and ears open to the timeline, whatever's popping, um, the week before you lift the fader and go live on air. Um, and at the same, same time, you know, what music do you love? Who are the artists you enjoy listening to? Where does the source and the entertainment come into that conversation? What is it you may have seen on socials and, and on, on Instagram that week that you found funny because chances are if you find it funny someone listening will also find it funny and that's when you get really good engagement on socials as well um so yeah lots of prep lots of stuff goes into a breakfast show it's not easy but i'm really proud to say that i feel comfortable now i feel really confident to get into the studio um and and yeah whack out a really good show in 2018 you became one of the voices for bbc sounds how did you get the gig bbc sounds I love BBC Sounds, man. The team are, are they're just incredible. Shouts to Harrison and Jimmy and Lani and Debbie, man. They're just incredible people to work with. Um, and the story of that, again, is a very funny story. I hope anyone listening to my episode will just be encouraged to know that sometimes, you know, life is not linear. Um, th there are not things that go one step in front of each other. It may be a conversation you've had years back and thought, oh, you know, I never thought about doing voiceover work. And it was true of me. I, I didn't know I had a voice for radio. I didn't know I had a voice for voiceover work. But what happened was when I won the Kiss Chosen one, I had a really sweet producer who used to work um, opposite to me in the studio. And his name is Ben. Um, and, you know, every time you walk past Ben's studio, you just nod, you wave, you say, what's going on? How was your weekend? You just keep up good, good, you know, good people, good vibes in the studio. Um, and he left to go to Radio 2, I believe. And when he left, um, it was around the same time that I got this email from BBC Sounds to say, look, we would really love to test out your voice for a range of, of uh, BBC radio stations. Like, would you be interested? Um, and when it all circled back, it was a contact from Ben, from someone outside of BBC, but said, you know, we're looking for a young voice, preferably a female voice. Do you know anyone? And it was Ben, bless him, that put my name forward. And so Debbie Dillon, who works, um, yeah, quite senior over at BBC Creative, got in touch. And so here I am now in London, in Central, in a tiny box studio. And here she's saying, oh, you know, your, your BBC Radio 1 voice sounds good. Can you, can you try your BBC Radio 2 voice? Can you try your Radio 6 voice? Your Radio... I said, do I have all these voices in my head, please? <laughs> I didn't know. And so when, you know, by a little bit of direction and having someone say, look, try it like this, and then you kind of copy that and put your own spin, by the time I left, they said, yeah, you're perfect for this. Like, would you like to be the voice of BBC Sounds? And I was just like, what? At the time, BBC Sounds isn't what we know BBC, BBC Sounds now to be. It wasn't, you know, it was very new, very fresh. And so the logo, and I just remember standing against this huge logo at the back of Wogan House and standing there taking my picture and not knowing that years later, BBC Sounds would boom, it would be the hub and the go-to place for all of the content that you want to listen back to. Um, and so that's a little bit about the story, really. Very grateful to the Lord to kind of put me among really good people that looked out for me, that kept me in mind for future opportunities. I'm very grateful today to be working with an incredible team, just producing in, yeah great content 
What are some of the negative experiences you've had in the industry so far? Some of the negative experiences that I've had, um, I would say is definitely that we always look at negative experiences in sight of where is the lesson? Where is the lesson to learn here? Um, and to be completely honest, because I know people are going to be listening to this and you want honesty and truth. And I think 2020 has been a great year for that. Um, part of it has been being a woman, being a girl in the industry um, and seeing the differences in, in the way that you may be um, not treated as if to say that's, you know, you're not treated bad as if someone's going to come up and, and say something to you. But in the way that things happen. So, for example, when I first got the chance to cover um, kids breakfast, you know, Monday to Friday with Alex, who I adore. Alex, if you're listening, you know how much I love you, man. Like the way Alex really taught me how to do um, kids breakfast before I even had my own show doing kids breakfast. You know, there are just things that you learn from your colleagues or learn on the, again, in the deep end that you just, you couldn't learn from the textbook. You couldn't learn in training. You need to do it in action. Um, and I remember going in and being told, look, you're the girl you know just giggle just giggle Alex will lead just giggle get on with it and you'll be fine and I sat there thinking uh I can do more than giggle you know I can do more than whatever you think it means to be the girl um and so it was a humbling lesson and this is what I'm talking about in terms of lesson I didn't know at that point how to lead the show I had never done case breakfast before um and so I really said to Alex you know teach me I'm hungry to learn let me know what what the pattern is what the rhythm is for a breakfast show and I was glad for Alex to teach me because come the second time when Swaz is getting asked to do the breakfast show me and Alex batted it up I was able to you know give him the goss give him the banter really run joke and 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 do the production side I understand the produ production side a lot better um, because the first round I needed to sit back I needed to learn um, and not just from Alex from great producers as well and so initially where I was told to be the girl I came out really deflated I was like oh I don't just want to be seen as one-dimensional I've got so much to give and I'm really glad that that didn't you know shrink me back I wasn't I wasn't timid I wanted to talk about things that I was passionate about and, and, and share jokes and and try new things not everything worked but it was the, the freedom to try something new, get it wrong and learn again and then do it and get it right. Um, and so, yeah, that's been a negative turn positive experience because now look, I host two breakfast shows on the weekend and you know, the feedback has been amazing. It's been really encouraging. Um, so I think that, and then of course, yeah, just, just this year and talking about being a young black girl, being a young black girl in, in an industry that is very white still, very white at the top, um, and where does your voice fit into those conversations? Um, and so, yeah, lots of lessons to learn along the way and, and um, yeah, lots of things to still learn, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, grateful for every lesson learned. What made you become so passionate about diversity and inclusion within radio? I think justice will forever boil in my belly. I've said that before in another interview and I just remember thinking, yeah, when something isn't right, there is a real fire to to make it right and to correct a wrong. Um, and so I can't help but be passionate about diversity in the industry because by default, I am often the very person in the room who is diverse. I'm often the non-white uh, person in a room of people who offers a different perspective, who offers a different experience that if my voice is not heard and my story is not shared, um, I believe something is missing and, and that is, that isn't um, 
talking out of pride. That isn't to say, look, I'm really special in this room. It's to say, look, radio reaches so many ears and so many different people that the more diverse a room, the more diverse people you have putting ideas together and, and you know, shaking things up, the better content will be, the better the ideas will be. You don't want the same people thinking the same things because what are you going to get? You're going to get the same outcome and that's not going to fly for very long, right? Um, and so I think, yeah, I'm passionate about diversity and inclusion because I want to see myself in the industry for as long as possible and i want to see other people who look like me and sound like me that may not have even the same experience but it can't just be homogenous across the whole room right even at the top level right right through to the presenter level the producer level um i just don't think radio will be very fun or interesting or um entertaining if it's just the same people cooking up the same ideas year on year um, and so it's for the benefit of the radio industry that teams and rooms and boards and committees are as diverse as possible if you want to continue being relevant um, and so yeah not just me but I think all of us should be as passionate about diversity and inclusion especially within an industry that is there to serve people and tell stories um, yeah it's important. What would be your advice for a young person who wants to break into the industry but finds it difficult? Ah, the key question. What do you tell someone who wants... Listen, if you're going to come to me and ask me, how do you get into Radio Squad? You already done that already. That I've got an industry story that is not like everyone else's, yeah? So I just want to encourage anyone listening. You can go to uni and study radio, and it doesn't mean you have to take that route. I certainly didn't take that route. Um, I won a competition. <laughs> I won a competition thinking I would never win the competition until I got to the Top 20 Academy and was able to see myself in a room that I thought I'd never been here in my life. There is no reason for me to be inside a radio studio, but here I am, let me give it my best shot. Um, and so the advice I would give to someone is one, what is, the, what is the topic or what is the conversation that you could talk all day, all night about and still not get bored? You know, what are the things that you bring to the table with such a, um, you know, such a flavor, such a, a perspective that you are passionate about because that's what's really going to come across on radio. Someone's going to be listening to you thinking, rah, that person's credible. They know what they're talking about. Um, and the radio industry is, is it's huge, right? It, there are so many different things you could be talking about. So pick your thing, pick the thing that you're passionate about and run with it. And so if you're looking to get into the industry, you know, you want to do a little bit. I, I wish I'd done some, well, I had been doing it because I'd been presenting before, but not in audio form. Um, but test out your interviews. Get, you know, you've got Zoom now, you've got SoundCloud, you've got YouTube, you've got IG Live, you've got so many platforms to test out speech radio or a music show or a playlist show. Um, you know, and so assemble for yourself areas of radio that you can do with what's in your hand, whether that's your phone, your laptop, um, friends and family, those around you, and start to build the skills that you know you're gonna need once you hit radio, um, because you can never practice enough, right? You can never start to do the things that you want to do enough, um, and that's a great place to start. So whether, and also a good tip as well, set yourself a deadline. Say to yourself, every Monday for the next four weeks, I'm going to put this content out. I'm going to record this. And if you start to build your body of work like that, I promise you con um, I promise you that confidence delivers and, and confidence starts to build that you then challenge yourself and think, okay, for the next six Mondays, out of those six, I'm going to have three interviews and three special guests and then test yourself further. Um, I think 
for any creative, the most scariest bit is having to start. But once you get started, it's really hard to stop. And that's a great feeling. Um, so yeah, get involved, start building a, a body of work um, so that you have something to show when, when, like you said, you're in the deep end and someone says, have you done this? And you're saying, yeah, I have actually. And I did it off my own back. Here's an example. And you've got a link to share. You've got a video to see or whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, jump in and, and get started. You're the founder of Too Much Source, an annual exhibition celebrating black British creatives. What made you create the project and what has the response been like so far? Too much sauce, too much sauce. So too much sauce is, as you said, an annual exhibition with live events. Although in lockdown, in brackets, I've put online events because this year we've had to move online. Um, but yeah, it's to celebrate black British creatives who are making history today. Um, and the desire or the passion to start this up, to found um, the platform, it came about three years ago when I just looked around my WhatsApp chat and I just said, look, we're killing it right now. We're doing so much. And this is a core of friends who are, you know, photographers, DJs, illustrators, um, podcasters, you name it. You, you, you know someone not too far away who is smashing it in their field and making history in the sense that the work that they're doing now is contributing to the changes you're going to want to see, not just in the here and today, but in years to come, right? Um, and I just saw loads of people just do amazingly well and just not receive the recognition that that they deserved and so I just thought you know what why wait why am I waiting for someone to turn around and say well done to so-and-so why don't I be that person um, and so I just plunged into the idea I've got no experience hosting an exhibition I've got no experience doing up gallery work but there was a venue in Carnaby Street uh, called We Built This City and it's just on the corner um, at the end of Carnaby Street, quite close to Kiss to be fair. And they at the time had a basement space where they would rent it out. And so I said, look, over Black History Month, like in October, I just want five days. Can, can we do that? And they said, yeah, we would love to do that. And at the time, or even a second year in, they really struggled to have black creatives, black artists, featured and stocked permanently in their store. And so where I was coming in to just celebrate people, I didn't know in and of itself too much source would then create history because from the first event, we had five or six maybe um, black artists permanently stocked in the store. And you've got to think, how wild is it that black artists still are not permanently stocked on the high street, in Carnaby Street, in London? That's wild. And so to make history in that way in the first year of founding Too Much Source, I was mad proud, man. It all happens too quickly. Um, but the essence of Too Much Source, S-O-U-R-C-E, the source of black history, the source of stories and experiences. And if you wanna hear that, um, the live events do it justice. They're just a mic. I'm on the mic and I say, look, the mic is there for half an hour, an hour, come through, tell your story. What are the things that you're proud about? What is it that you've done this year that you wanna celebrate? Because I think as creatives, we are too quick to celebrate something too small and then move on to the next thing. And it's about taking time and really, you know, applauding someone for what they've been able to do. And then of course, sauce, S-A-U-C-E, the flavor, the pepper, the, you know, everything that goes into culture, who is behind the culture that we enjoy and love today. Um, and so it's both, you know, both celebrating people and celebrating the culture that we, um, that, 
you know, we, we are in day in, day out. And, and whether that is through music or photos or film or whatever, you know, it, it spills in, you know, excuse the pun, it spills across every industry, but it's about coming together and recognizing one another and celebrating each other so that that fills you up to go out again and create and be celebrated the next year round as well. So um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. And the response this year, this year, wait, I, I partnered with Roundhouse, which was a dream. So this time last year, um, I celebrated a, a fantastic woman called Nikki Logan, who is all things radio, audio. She loves, um, yeah, putting people on, busting down doors so people can come through. Um, and she, she used to work at the Roundhouse. And I said, lo, you know, can we get in? And she was like, yeah, let me loop you in on email with some people. And then lo and behold, this year, um, a great guy called Jack over at the Roundhouse said, yeah, I want to commission this. You know, I want to put this forward for 30 days in the Roundhouse. And then COVID said, yeah, I've got other plans for you lot. So we had to move online. But to do the online exhibition, to move the events online, the reach and the engagement just went through the roof because, of course, you're able to meet more people. Um, and host events and have people come through and break barriers like that. And so the response this year has been incredible to mark the third year anniversary um, against the backdrop of COVID and Black Lives Matter to be online and to say, look what we've been able to achieve even in a pandemic. Let's go for next year. Do you know what I mean? If nothing's holding us back this year, what can we do for 2021? Um, and so the response has been really encouraging, really incredible. Just the fuel to keep on going, keep on pushing more. What are some of the changes you would like to see being made within radio? Some of the changes being made in radio, I want to see, I just want to see black people. <laughs> I just want to see black people at the highest of levels take on positions of influence and, and power um, to be part of the decision making. I, I didn't realise until, you know, you're really putting the magnifying glass against some of these meetings and boards and decisions and we're missing black people we're missing black people and that's really really sad because often lots of radio um is is celebrating black musicians black artists black culture and yet there is a lack of black people in positions of power and that's that's not cool. That's, you know, it's not cool for a number of reasons. If something at work happens to me um, and I've experienced racism, I may not feel comfortable to go to um, the people at the top if they cannot understand from the basics of levels, you know, my experience and, and therefore that's going to be a real hindrance in, in solving the issue and making sure it doesn't happen again. Um, and that's not all to say all black people have the same experience, right? We, we understand that. But it does help to see yourself in a position of power that is um, accessible and is able to understand where you're coming from. Um, and I think that's changing. I think this year, if any year, has brought that conversation so to the front line, so you know, apparent that lots of people are looking back and thinking, wow, yeah, we, we need to change. Um, and so hats off to Bauer this year. Bauer put on a fantastic panel event for Black History Month um, called, you know, how to be a great ally. What does allyship look like? And if someone had said to me this time last year, Swaj, you're going to be hosting conversations about racism and allyship in 2020, I would have fallen off my chair. I said, no, what kind of year are we living in? But to think that these conversations are not being had in a WhatsApp chat anymore, they're being had um, with your boss, with your senior bosses, with other people who you work with, and that is being drawn um, to the forefront of the conversation, that is incredible, you know, really, really, um, it's life-changing. It's, it's not just life-changing for me and where I am, but for many people across the industry and for many people who will join the industry. Um, what an amazing time it is to join in with radio if you are Black, because these conversations are really setting the pace of, of, 
of the change that we know we need to make. Um, and 2020, I've said it before, will be the measuring stick to see how far have we come when we celebrate Black History Month next year, but when we celebrate Black music all year round as we do culture and artists and musicians, what are the things that will change um, following on the events of this year? So it will be interesting. But that is probably one of the main things I didn't realize um, talking to other people outside of Bauer, how the industry struggles, really struggles with, um, yeah, finding black people across across the network, across uh, the whole industry, not just about um, positions of power, but yeah, in every every corner of the industry. Um, so yeah, that would be huge. And yeah, there's other changes, man. But I think if that is the catalyst, there will be so much to then snowball on after that. So yeah, seeing black people in power and across the industry, yeah, full stop, that would be a huge win. If you could create a radio station, what would you call it and what kind of station would it be? This is a great question and I wonder if I could be difficult. <laughs> um, I was thinking about this question and I think I wouldn't want to create another radio station. If I'm honest, I think um, there's plenty out there. I think we have radio stations, um, yeah, popping up and if people are making their own amen to that, like let it grow. But for me this year, I, um, I hosted Too Much Source in collaboration with Roundhouse and I soft launched a program called Roots Into Radio. And to be honest with you, I was so proud of you know just a not a throwaway idea but an idea that seems very very big and I didn't feel very confident to launch it but when I saw the response from so many people young people people already in the industry people from different radio stations lock in all it was was a panel of of experts and this one was to do with KISS I wanted to get my KISS family in and not just about being presenters you know there were producers in there video content producers um voiceover artists and just to ask them what's your story what's your route into the radio um into your you know your job now but also the flip on the word root and the roots that what is good for any job what what skills do you need and what advice and gems will always carry and and um stand you in good stead and so for me to your question i want to launch a program and and hopefully well i know it will be launched for next year because there are already some things in the uh it's all hush hush, but yeah, there are some things exciting to come. But I'm going to launch a program, yeah, called Roots Into Radio. And the whole idea is wherever I am on radio, I want to have a young person um, to come in and shadow whoever it is that may be in the radio studio with me. It may be me as a presenter. You may want to shadow a producer. You may want to shadow uh, the person behind the camera. You know, wh whatever route it is that you want to take into radio, and beyond. I want to set that up because if I'm saying I want to see more black people in radio, well, the route isn't always easy and the routes never look the same and everyone else has got their own story. And so why not come and start your story here with this program on a show where you can get real life in time experience that you can then use and apply elsewhere. Um, I really wish I had that. You know, sometimes when we think of ideas, it is a starting point to say, what do I wish that I had when I started out that I didn't have and I didn't have experience? You know, I was in a, an academy with 19 other people, all of whom had radio experience, whether that was Radar, whether that was Rep and Hoxton and, you know, there were so many different people and I thought, I'm the, I'm the guinea pig, do you know what I mean? I'm the guinea pig that they have to say, oh, we don't just take everyone with radio experience or common swells, we'll let you in. But when I realised, oh, wow, people 
people got radio experience, yeah? Okay, cool, I need to sharpen, I need to sharpen up, I need to come correct because I'm already at a disadvantage, I've got, I'm already on the back foot here. Um, and I know what that feels like. And so for lots of people who joined that panel discussion, the first one, just to test out the waters, and I saw the response, I saw how many people locked in and the good questions that were coming through, questions that I've got answers to now because I am in radio. I thought, yeah, let me, let me launch a program where young people in particular, young black people in particular can come through and soak up all that experience that is just not offered to us always. Um, and that for me is about legacy and I'm really hot on legacy. And if I can do that and help shift someone's opportunity or, you know, someone's route, that, that is exciting. And so, yeah, for all the radio stations that are popping up, if you need a program, please let's collab because yeah, I think that would be just a real nice thing to go hand in hand with radio stations um, and opening up doors for people who may not necessarily be, be the person you think that would walk through your door, but with some experience, yeah, they'll come through. What has been the highlight of your career so far? What has been the highlight of my career so far? I need an S on the word highlights, you know, because there have been too many good moments this year. Moments that I've just been like, wow, I, I am very humbled um, to even see this all come together. So I think at the top of the year, um, Oh yeah, it's been heavy this year, hasn't it? So the murder of George Floyd um, and then not, you know, for me as a radio presenter, I always think, what would I expect a radio presenter to say if this is also the world that they're living in? I'm living in the same world that is watching a, a young black man die under the knee of a white police officer. How on earth could I just go about a normal Saturday morning and not talk about that? Um, and so I, I, I say bravely, it shouldn't have been brave, it should have just been normal, but I just said, look, um, I know this isn't the, the content we normally talk about, Akis, but I just want you as listeners to pause. And if you don't know the name George Floyd, please go and Google him. Um, I just want to take a moment to, you know, say that my thoughts and my prayers are with his family and those who are mourning at the moment over such a tragedy that should never have happened. Um, and then that led me to go and do some research into who are the black people that have lost their, that lost their lives at the hand of British police. You know, we're not speaking Spanish, you know, we're not clean of the same atrocities that are happening over in the US and so to do that and just jump on IG live that sparked a conversation which then sparked a conversation at work and at KISS and to really honestly say we need help with language we don't know how to engage sometimes when when something like that happens when it's race related as well we're, we're not you know let's work out how we can best do that and that is a conversation a bit too late but it's happened nonetheless and I'm really proud about that um, and so just having that and then to um, you know go back on to KISS on the next weekend and share the names of the black British people and there's a long list of black British people who have died um, in police custody or you know at the hands of the police and to read off those names to make the UK to make the nation sit back and say wow we have our own George Floyds we have so many people that we need to pay attention to because otherwise we're very ignorant and we think well, what's happening over in the US doesn't have anything to do with us and so when we're saying black lives matter and and we don't have any connection for why they matter here in the uk it's a problem it's a big problem um and so that has to be a highlight because it spoke of 
you know, courage and bravery. And I didn't know where that was going to land. I didn't know what my colleagues would think. I did, and just to be met with such encouragement and to say, look, we need to keep the conversation going. We need to learn and grow. Um, I'm really proud about that. So that's been a massive highlight. And then the second highlight I'd say um, has to be Grenfell. This year marked the third year anniversary. And on my show, my show, I'm so proud of this. Um, I had Ziad Cred, who leads every month on the 14th, The Silent Walk. Um, and I invited Ziad to come onto my show and just share the names of the 72 people, the precious people who lost their lives in the Grenfell Tower fire three years ago. And to hear him read the names um, was significant and important and special and just a real moment to have on radio because you don't hear that on KISS. KISS isn't known for, you know, um, those kind of moments. And, and in an extent, that's cool. You don't go to KISS for that content, which is, which is understandable, but I'm at KISS and I care about that content. And I wanna make sure that as much as I love all of the commercial stuff and the music and the celeb goss and pop culture, yes, but I also love all the things that break my heart. And I know that people that listen to the radio whose hearts also break over the same issues. Um, and so to bind them together and to do that on my show this year, um, where it was, you know, three years ago to volunteer for Grenfell was very techie because it looked political. And there's a whole story there about, you know, do I risk going to volunteer for Grenfell at the expense of nearly losing my job? What, what does that look like? And then three years later to have Ziad come and share the 72 names um, was just an incredible moment. So yeah, lots of highlights this year. Um, and it just goes to show that good really can come out of a really dark and heavy year, can't it? Um, and especially when, when people come together and, and support one another and say, you know what, I've got your back on this. Go ahead, do your thing, I've got your back. Um, that's what radio to me has been about. And that's what, yeah, I will remember 2024. The last point, you know, I can't do what I do alone. I don't do what I do alone because I know I've got a Kaylee in my corner. I know I've got an Angie who's like, yes, whilst I'm here. And I've got a, a Steve Parkinson. I've got a Rebecca Frank. I've got, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention names. I don't know. I'm sorry if you want to bleep these out. But no, I need to shout people out because what happens is you see someone make a move on socials. You see someone stand up and you think, right, how were they able to do that? But you don't see people unless you know that there's a group of them who is able to move with such power and force. And so to be able to link up with people and say, look, this is wrong and we need to come together and, and, and correct that wrong. It goes right back to the top of your interview with me and saying, why do I care about these things? It's because there's a group of us who care about it. I don't know if you've seen the small act series recently, but the Mangrove Nine when um, Letitia Wright is going at Frank, one of the characters, and Frank is about to plead guilty and she comes and says to him, what are you talking about? We're talking about how on earth can you plead guilty after everything that we've just gone through with this trial? If you plead guilty, you are putting at risk the justice, not just of us nine, but all of the people who are going to come up before us, you know? And that for me is, is very telling and, and symbolic of even now what we're going through, for goodness sake, how can we be going through the same trials and the same conversations years later? But we are. And it's going to take a group of us to really push the conversation forward because one voice is a lot weaker than 10 voices, 20 voices, 15 voices um and so yeah and also i know that this is a podcast particularly for you know black people but also if you're white and you're listening welcome i don't want you to feel excluded you know martin luther king did a great thing when he said about um you know we'll have to repent for the for the um for the wrongs of bad people but also for the silence of good people so if you've come here because maybe you're feeling convicted that you've been silent for a long time and you're here to collect language and you're here to hear different opinions and different you know experiences 
is good on you, man. I need you in the business. I need you. I need your help. And so it's going to take all of us, black people and white people, to start pushing into effect the changes we want to see. Because at the end of the day, it's about making sure everyone is up to date with the same language, the same goals to make sure it's a better working environment for us all so that radio can flourish and continue to be the amazing platform that we love. Um, and so, yeah, it's a joint effort. It's never about a single person. It's, it's definitely a group effort. And so to do it with you, like it's a joy man thank you for having me thank you to swazi for that powerful and much needed conversation she is definitely one of the standout radio stars of 2020 join her every weekend on kiss breakfast from 8am or listen out for her on bbc sounds if you enjoyed today's episode then make sure you subscribe to the radio in color podcast and you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at radio in color Radio in Colour is presented and produced by me, Demarke Williams, and I'll be back very soon with Sunny Powder and Jasmine Takar. Until then, take care. Music.